The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Yes. Happy Wednesday. We are joined here today with two special guests. First, we have Gigi, who is uh, our little Pomeranian. She used to be Scott's daughter's dog, and she's become ours over the years. And then also a very special friend um, and animal communicator from Southern California named Joan Ranquette. But first, we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. <laughs> Good job, my pig handler. And the quirky tip of the day, you guys, is to pick up Joan's book. It is Energy Healing for Animals. She's actually authored a few books, but this is um, one of her really informative books, a good lead into her work and everything else. You can find it on Amazon. So again, the quirky tip of the day is to pick up this book authored by our guest here today. And Joan has been a TED Talk speaker. She's a Hay House author. She's a big TV star all over the place. And she is um, pretty much a world-renowned animal communicator. She does a lot of good work, and we may even do some work here with Gigi today. So Joan, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so great to be here. Yeah, yeah, we're so happy to have you. It's been a crazy year, 2020, huh? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I hope I hope you're doing some writing, Joan, because most of your work, it seemed like, was face-to-face -face with people, and now you're not able to do that. Well, it's funny because I, I also, though, teach online, mm -hmm. so I, I see people on the weekends, but during the week, I'm either doing sessions or... Um, doing classes so but funny you should mention it i've got a whole book laid out over here you know one thing scott had that mentioned was, was your african safaris you do that pretty regularly right yeah i do and i'm yeah and i used to do dolphin trips so it's so weird the travel industry nobody knows when it's going to come back but um i've got a tour company on hold for kenya and I'm saying December 2021, here's hoping. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, tell our listeners a little bit about what those look like. We don't have to delve too deep into it, but um, it's one of your subsets that's just super interesting and not your normal animal communication path, if you will. Yeah, it's, um, you know, we get we get to go. I, I pick really wonderful, um, usually some sort of an organization that is saving a species. So whether it's a Sheldrick Trust that is, saving orphan elephants or the white lions, or one year it was Namibia with the cheetahs at the Cheetah Conservation Fund. Um, we did Borneo with the orangutan um, center. And so it's, it's, it's being centered around like one animal that's endangered, but then going out on safari, doing a lot of meditation, getting very quiet. And the, and the trackers always marvel at how many animals end up showing up. There was one time in Botswana that we were really quiet. And I, I told the driver, we're gonna do a meditation out there. And he said, I know just the spot. And he took us and there was nothing, there was nothing there. And one woman after the meditation was like, I don't see anything. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and all of a sudden about 60 elephants came and one little baby just stopped in front of us and just hung out in the energy. And the mom was like, come on. <laughs> and the baby was like, oh, this feels so good. And anyway, then they traveled on, but yeah, it was, I am, 
I had pictures of being in the middle of that. Yeah, I, I've hear, I got chills even hearing about it. It sounds awesome. So obviously that's not happening <clears throat> with the pandemic and everything else. Scott and I um, knew about Joan for a while, and then we actually were able to attend one of your seminars when you were out in New England. And if you remember, I had tickets to Celine Dion. That's when she was still out in Vegas. So I was only there the first day, but Scott was there for the whole three-day weekend. The last day I wasn't there. Oh, yeah, you had yeah, a headache. Guess, yeah. yeah, we're slackers, I guess, when it comes to school. But um, it really was amazing work. And you, I remember, you had your partner, and you both picked frog. We were, like, supposed to think of something green, and then this woman said frog. And Scott's like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. And I'm like, oh, maybe you're meant to be with him. But really cool work that you did. <laughs> and um, it was just really an amazing experience, honestly. And I only had a few hours of it. So tell people a little bit about um, how you can help them virtually now and some of what you do, and then maybe we can even get in and do a little little reading with Gigi here, if that works for you. Yeah, I have all kinds of things. And <clears throat> so going back to what Scott had said, you know, my life was face to face. I've been face to face on Zoom for about four years. So in many ways, you were prepared. My life has That's yeah. nice. Yeah, good. I'm totally positioned to keep going. Well, it's um, just the in-person <laughs> seminars. And let's just touch on that before we move from that, because you said you had a few things coming up, some uh, bigger virtual events you mentioned. I have the three. I have a nine-day event in October called um, the nine-day intensive, the fall intensive, and it's um, three days of animal communication, three days of um, animals in transition, death, dying, and beyond, and then three days of um, energy healing for animals. So, like the book. Cool. Um, and we do, yeah. And then in the in late October, I start a twelve-week animal communication home study course with live calls. And then, um, and then in November we have the energy healing for animals home study course with live calls. And, um, yeah, so you can do any or all of it. I also have a big program for people that really want to dive in. It's about two years long and it's <laughs> the hardcore. It's, it, yeah, it's the hardcore. And I, I've just recently had a few people join. So it's like, I have a, great class starting in the fall. Awesome. Well, we'll live link uh, to the site so people can find you. And were all those virtual events before, or did you have to make some shifts here? Some of them were normally in-person events. The nine day was always a per an in-person event. Although back in the day, like when I first started the school in 2008, I did Skype people in. So I'd have like three computers and there'd be two people there and there'd be 15 people in the room and there'd be about 12 people online, but nobody was managing that. So it was very difficult. Now I have a ton of teachers, so I can have somebody managing if, if it, if we ever get together again, um, <laughs> we're hoping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, then I'll, then I'll be able to do both. And so, and I'll just have people managing the online component. Yeah. Well, no, like you said, it's great that you kind of started in that early on. And how long have you been uh, said animal communicator? When did you start this career? I started in the early, like mid nineties. So I've been doing it like, I mean, being paid, I was kind of studying, if you will, um, early nineties, even the late eighties, I had, I was taking energy healing classes. So, um, I'm, I'm a, I'm aging, I'm dating myself anyway. Um, <laughs> well, you were so one of the I'm first old. too. You're like one of the foremothers. Yeah, and I started my school in um, 19, well, I started teaching in 1998, and then in 2008, I started Communication with All Life University and made it a whole big, you know, huge curriculum, 
And if I could ever get accredited by a college, I, I did it by the hour. I set it up as if it's a college course. Yeah. So. Awesome. And would you say that dogs are your most common client, especially virtually, or does it vary? It varies. I mean, last the last two weeks, I probably did mostly dogs, but a lot of cats here and there. And <clears throat> I'm, I've been a horse person my whole life. I've got three out there, which after this I'll go ride. Um, <laughs> I'll ride one of them, not all three. Um, but uh, I have a lot of horse clients just because I've been a lifelong horse person. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, if you were going to do a virtual call, I'll give Scott Gigi here. How would that kind of go? I know that we won't have a full reading and experience like normal, but how would this whole thing normally work? Just so we can kind of walk our listeners through it. Uh, normally, you'd set up a time and then we'd get on Zoom Um and I would ask you a few questions, which I'm going to ask Scott here in a minute. And then I would just get quiet, which I'll do here in a minute. And I would get quiet for longer and do a, a longer, um, you know, a longer read. But um, then I would talk to the person about what their animal had to say. And then if they had questions for their animal or if there was, you know, some sort of a, a challenge, then, you know, I love trainers. So we would talk about finding a trainer. And then if there was something that could be, we would use healing for, then either I would do it then if we had enough time or we would set up more times to do something like the EFT, the emotional freedom technique tapping. And that's super effective on dogs. Uh, you just can't even believe how effective it is on dogs. Yeah, um, we've talked then, about EFT a bit on here as far as Scott was really into it. And we really like that about your program too. So it is a very powerful tool that people don't really know how to utilize often. Yeah. And we, I have a whole, my, my fall class, the November class that goes into February, that is all EFT for people and animals. And we set up scripts and just. That's uh, great. I'm sure. The, I'm sure the people, are, I'm sure the people are getting a lot of benefit out of it too, that are giving and receiving, you know? Yeah. That class becomes so close because we we deal with all our problems right we we first we heal or heal thyself so we work on ourselves and then you know somebody's just had a diagnosis somebody's got some sort of a behavioral issue and somebody's had a trauma so we we go through each of those scenarios for the person and the animal and it's it's just so powerful and and fun well, even if we had a two-hour podcast, I don't know if we could cut through dealing with Scott, but we can definitely deal with Gigi. <laughs> All right. So let us know how this whole thing goes. Scott's going to be your, your patient, and Gigi's she's always willing to help. Okay. How old is Gigi? 13. She was And born. how long have you had her? Uh, I got her in 2007. She was about 9, 10 weeks old. And she's lived with you guys the whole time? Um, yes, but she has also survived a, a divorce, so there was some separation there for several months. Okay. But for the most part, she's been uh, with me. <laughs> she wants okay. to talk on the mic. <laughs> yeah. She proved, she's too difficult to live with anybody else. That's the bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to give away the farm, yeah. Joan, but we need help. <laughs> okay. Um, and then who else lives in the household? Uh, we just have uh, several other dogs and the two of us. That's it. How many other dogs? Uh, we have five other dogs and um, they're Border Collies. And uh, there's also a Belgian Malinois. 
Okay. So I'm going to get quiet and connect with her. So, um, I'm afraid of what she's going to tell you, Joan, quite <laughs> honestly. Oh, well, good. It's actually good. I, you know, it's funny because it, it feels like she kind of is the quirky dog. I don't know if you named it after her. But the the fiery she, dog, I'd say she is. <laughs> yeah, so she's, um, and I mean, I think that she's had a lot of, she's had a lot of stuff go on, but I also feel like she's, you know, deep down, she's very, she's a really good girl. And she's very, um, the sense that I get is that she's very, she's very <clears throat> much a love. And I don't know if, were you dog training before you got her? Uh, yes. Because I mean, in some ways, she, it feels like she, she's defied what, what your version of dog training is. Like she has her own she has a little, she does stuff, but she has a little um, stubbornness. And it feels like you've had to like work through a lot of that. It, it's made you a better trainer. Um, uh, yes, I'd say that because uh, you can't treat her the way you would a full-size dog. <laughs> you know, I'd love to just put a pinch yeah. collar on her half the time and, you know. She's but, the strongest dog in the house. Yeah, Over the mountain wise, the herding dog since she's 13. She's a lot of dog. Yeah, she's very strong. Yeah. A lot of character. So she says that she she's like just a, she's a big presence, but she's also she's very fair and she's she's very much loving. Like I feel like she's got a true healing energy when people really sit with her. She's got uh, uh, just a, a a calmness. I mean, there's a lot of words I'm trying I'm trying to come up with the right word, but she's got enough of a presence that it feels like she really settles others and i think that she is able to set the tone with the other dogs yeah um, she's definitely the rock i'd say of the family yeah and she does enjoy yeah. she does enjoy you know being with people and all that she is very social and uh, we've yeah. had uh, we've, we've had dogs that are not very social either you know and <laughs> so you know it's a big difference yeah. but she is cuddly and she is um very loving and uh she yeah like i said i would i say that she's the family rock she really uh she does set the tone for sure. And when she's naughty, everybody's naughty. Yeah, she's very demanding, yeah. you know, demanding of our time, and she can start barking and all that crap. So we've been teaching her. Ask her if, well, I'm not sure if you can ask her directly, but uh, we've been yeah. teaching her a, a forced hold. I have a little dowel, and before she eats in the evening, she sits on the table, and I make her hold a dowel in her mouth. And it really has calmed oh her. God. It's calmed her down because 
uh, you just had to do something that wasn't just tricks and it wasn't, you know what I mean? We had to get her mind more calm and more focused, you know? And we've been doing that for several weeks. But I mean, we've taught many, many dogs over the years to hold, you know, so she'll take something and she'll put it in her mouth and she'll hold it like if it was this pen. But if you say, take it, She's like, eh, no, I'm not doing it. What are you going to do to make me? So now literally the, what we're doing right now to work through this is Scott has the stew meat and then we have the dowel and I have the clicker and all we want is her to just grab it really viciously and then she gets to run in and eat and I click. But we've been at this, the two of us who are professional dog trainers for probably two months. Yeah. So I am learning. You're right. John. <laughs> I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot about what doesn't work with tiny dogs and, and what does, you know, Right. tell her the dental she floss story. Oh, yeah. But she's good at she's good at tricks. She said. Oh, it's just. Yeah, she's very good. Uh, you know, when she's when it's all going her way, she's she's great. Yeah. She'll do all kinds Quite of stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tell her about the dental floss yeah. story. Yeah. I always love well, that story. When she was real young, I was um, working on the come when called, and um, and she was good when it was really set up that okay, we're going to do this come exercise now. So she'd come, but if she was just loose and sniffing. She'd rather not come, no matter, you know, she'd rather do her own thing. So I put a, and she was so small that if I put a long line on her, the line was so heavy that it would just, it, would, it was such a big cue. It wasn't like she was off leash, you know? So I decided I was going to get dental floss. I got a big, long thing of dental floss and tied it onto her. And she went out, she's out in the field and, and I called her and she didn't listen. I gave her a little tug and the dental floss just snapped immediately. And she went running off across the field. <laughs> So. <laughs> she does listen better now that mommy's the enforcer. Her and I, I love her dearly. And I used to call little dogs dustbusters, but uh, I am definitely the enforcer. She's now fully potty trained at 13 years old and she does even have a recall. So we've made some progress, but she's tough for a little three pounder. Yeah. She's independent. You know what? I, I always feel like, um, I mean, she definitely loves both of you so much and she's very, 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 um, yeah. Like I said, I think other people feel like they get just, like a healing, a, a love from her and she loves them. But I feel like animal professionals, we always have that one minimum one that defies everything we do. Right. Like it's that one that keeps us humble. Yeah. American yeah. It is funny because, you know, the first several dogs I've had were Malinois, American. which are supposedly, you know, very strong and difficult. And uh, she's been the, by far the most difficult dog. The Malinois <laughs> are very, biddable and they're ready to work and they're happy to work with me and she's like no nah, i don't think so it's uh, funny we went uh we used to go to saint john when you could travel and uh we have an animal control officer yeah i got her she won't fall okay. off i got a leash on her we had an animal control officer that would watch our dogs you know at that point we had a big dog training facility and everything else this little dog gave her such a run for her money. She was peeing in her crate every day. She was hoarse from barking. And she kept thinking like, oh, she needs more freedom. You know, let's give her. And she, I swear to God, I mean, I love Katie and she's probably out there listening and she is amazing with all of our dogs, our 70 pounder, everything else. And Gigi, she just has people wrapped around her finger. She's like, nope, we're going to do it this yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. Are you a good girl? Mommy loves you. My way or the highway. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Do you have any other thoughts on her? Because we're going to go to break in a moment. And then I want to talk about a few more things um, that you can do with other people. No, I just think that she it's she's absolutely delightful. And <laughs> she thinks so, too. And I do, too. Honestly, I mean, we love her. She's my little squirty spoo. And I just want to let the public know we're willing to waive the adoption fee. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's not true at all. We love her. All right, we are going to go to a quick break uh, for Happy Howies, and when we get back, we're going to talk to you a little bit more about how Joan can help you and your animals in the comfort of your own home. See you then. Happy Howie's all-natural dog treats are made with real, slow-cooked beef, lamb, and turkey. Choose from deli-style sausages, wolf sticks, jerky, burger treats, and our soft meat roll treats. All of our treats are available in bulk or in convenient resealable packages. And dogs just love Happy Howie's. They are made in the USA and available at thousands of retailers nationwide and online at happyhowies.com. Try Happy Howies today and save 10% with promo code QUIRKY10. Happy Howies. We're making it real. We are coming back to you live with Joan. Gigi had her reading, and she didn't give any big secrets away, so that's good. And Scott wanted to just mention this book again and show you guys the cover for when you go to search for yeah, yourself. Yeah, I just want to mention that uh, Joan is an excellent writer, and uh, this is a great book. We're zooming in on the cover, and you can get it on Amazon. And there's a lot of animal communicators out there, and probably more than half of them Joan has trained herself. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. you know, go to the source, you know, go check out Joan, and I'm sure you'll, uh, it'll be a a really nice experience for you. Yeah. You know, I have to tell you personally, I had never, um, worked with an animal communicator for my own dogs and Scott and I had kind of a hard year last year. We lost, um, two of our older dogs. They both had great lives, 13 year old Malinois and 18 year old Terrier. We couldn't have asked for any better quality for them, but obviously they had a huge place in my life, yeah. you know? And my friend had, um, bought me a session to speak with one, like the afterlife stuff. Um, which I want to touch a base on a little bit here because people always think that animal communicating is like having a dog right in front of you. And sometimes people need to kind of heal from those wounds. And some of the stuff that this lady told me was like eerie. You know what I mean? She was like talking, she was describing dogs that my dogs like met when they got to the other side. And like, it was spot on. Like I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> like Sarge used to tour with this dog. You know what I mean? It was crazy. So it really is. And it was really helpful for me in a sense, because it was a little bit more closure than when you're in the moment and you know, you're saying your goodbyes and everything. It's hard to seek that closure in that moment. You know what I mean? Especially sometimes even worse if a dog is suddenly killed, like by a car or something and you weren't there or you were traveling and a dog, you know, passed away. So I wanted to touch on a little bit of past life stuff. Um, and, how that factors into animal communication too, just so people are aware. You know, it's funny you should talk about this because you both are psychic. My next book that I'm I'm working, just finalizing the book proposal, it's um, a two volume set. One is Animals in Transition, um, Death and Dying. And then the other one is Animals in Transition, The Afterlife. Um, oh, awesome. So yeah, my TEDx talk is about... Um, you know, at the rainbow bridge. But um, so one of the reasons that I set that up separately like that is that, you know, there's a whole process involved with, with death and dying. And it's really about getting down to that core and that state of grace and being in true love with them. And then, um, but also animal communication is so helpful at that point too, because it helps you make decisions. And it also helps with um, with understanding who they are, which I would say that if, if your dog loved to swim and maybe they're losing their hind end and you haven't gone swimming in a while, sometimes animal communication will just remind you, 
like, oh, they used to love to swim and they love these adventures. It's like, oh, swim therapy. Yeah. Right. So it's like it brings you back to who they are, no matter what stage you're in. So even in the afterlife, you know, it's it it just reminds you of the good things because often you've had such a um, you know, you've gone through so much and you're remembering those last moments or you're remembering them if it was a, you know, sudden death. But animal communication is really great about reminding you who that soul is. And I think that's really important. Yeah, as definitely. As past stuff goes, I, I mean, I, <clears throat> I love it as much as anybody. I've got a cat that's returned that was a cat before. But um, it, it's important to honor the soul that, that shows up this time. And it's also really important to, I mean, the, how the soul shows up this time. And it's also really, I remember one woman came up to me and said, um, um, I'm, you're going to talk to my horse today. And I, you've, I've, you have my own animal communicator and we've gone through six of my past lives with my horse. And I said, well, that's awesome. But today we're going to figure out why she's bucking you off. <laughs> so what happens is a lot of times people get, they love these stories, but they aren't getting to what's really going on. Yeah. And, I feel like there's a signature pattern through lifetimes, whether um, that has to be addressed in this lifetime um, in order. And often the person is, you know, the one, like, let's say Gigi's always been defiant. Well, she's going to probably leave this lifetime defiant and come back in again defiant. But um, we just hope she doesn't uh, come back as a lion or something, because that could get a little dangerous. She's pretty strong. Yeah, Yeah, I I got a few more revisits in me, I think. (laughs) Scott's hoping that he, when he comes back, he still uh, gets to be coming back as a human. He may yeah. be downgraded a bit. As we long don't know. as I get my feet rubbed, I don't care. I can be a dog. It's okay. <laughs> and yeah, then I figured actually a better deal to come back as a dog or a cat. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Series, especially if you're one of our dogs. So when are these new series coming out? Just so people can look for them. <clears throat> um, it'll be probably not for another year, but okay. um, have yeah. But in the meantime, they can. I actually have a really fun group called Learn to Communicate with Animals with Joan, and it's a Facebook group, and I do a live in there every week, and I've got lots of free master classes, and that's a great way to get your feet wet if it's something you want to do. Okay, yeah, definitely. I will um, have people check that out. And then I, there was a, a agility person, I would say, maybe 10 years ago now, and she was in a big car crash after um, she left the trial. She was tired, and there was one dog... Um, two dogs escaped. One dog was killed by the side of the highway. And then another one of her dogs was like literally like out in the deserts of Arizona and they used animal communicators to actually locate the dog. So can you um, touch on that kind of work a little bit too and how animal communication is sometimes used in those moments? And it was amazing. I mean, she swears to this day that she never would have been able to find this dog had it not been for the work of people like yourself and other animal communicators all across the country and world coming together. Yeah, um, lost animals is is the toughest part of doing animal communication because even when you're, like, let's say you have to say goodbye or you've said goodbye to an animal, there's closure. And so the thing thing that's hard about animal communication for lost animals is that there often is no closure. Um, But that said, it can be amazing. I've I've been very fortunate that a lot of, um, I've had, a high success rate. I don't do it anymore, but I teach it. Um, I've had a high success rate with finding, reuniting people and their animals. And 
it's it's about it's almost like remote viewing. It's like looking through the animal's eyes and getting a sense of what's around, and then being able to really get a, a higher perspective of what's what's going on. And so I I train very simply. Um, you have to have some basic animal communication under your belt to do it. But between animal communication and tracking dogs, you know, it's it can be amazing. Yeah, I mean, I was just so shocked with, um, I mean, literally out in the middle of the desert, you know what I mean? They had police and helicopters and dogs searching. And then when they, you know, honed in on a few of these animal communicators. So people don't realize that there's some power there, too. And that's some place you could reach out in a time because nothing's worse than knowing your dog is hopefully out there, you know, and you can't find it. Or yeah. any animal, really. Yeah, definitely. Well, what, do we have any other thoughts for well, Joan? Just with, as it relates to the finding lost animals, they had a test. I was watching a TV show once where they had they had a dog that was out in a, I don't know how big an area, maybe it was a five-acre area, and they intentionally put the dog, they hid the dog out there, and um, they had an animal communicator, and then they had a search team. They both were going to look, and they were timing both of them. And the search team, you know, created a grid of the whole place and started to attack it in a grid-type methodical fashion. And they didn't find the dog, even after all that stuff they were doing. And the animal communicator almost walked the, the host of the show right to the dog. Oh, I mean, really? it was that, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy how yeah. quickly she found the dog. It was really cool. Yeah, well, I'm going to probably have to be giving you a call for myself pretty soon. My heart dog's going through some itchy stuff and a little bit of mental stuff. It's funny, you asked everybody to bring photos of their animals um, when they had the live event, and I was away, but Scott brought a photo of this dog, and uh, the person he was working with said that the dog reminded him of Jim Carrey, so we always call her Jim Carrey now because <laughs> she has this goofy little look, but she's been having this weird itching, and this she's been wearing a cone, and she's been a big pain in the butt, but we're kind of settling on that it's a bit of a mental component and it's a little bit related to our relationship. So as soon as uh, things quiet down here, maybe we can do a session ourselves in August outside of this so I can get to the bottom of some of my issues too. And I also, I started a CBD company with a veterinarian. Oh, I remember that. Oh yeah. Last year, right? How's that going? Dylanjones.com. I'm going to send you a sample. Yeah, so, well, and yeah. the CBD, the effects and the healing of it is great. So we'll include that live link too. So um, I will go back and I will make sure that I have all of these um, events all outlined correctly for when we share this with our guests and then that Facebook group. And um, we're going to hopefully uh, do a live link to the book. But we appreciate so much you coming on and your time. And we really value and honor you as uh, not only a friend, but just a real outstanding Animal communicator. I mean, you know, a lot of people kind of look at animal communication like, oh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. And the proof is in the pudding with you. You've helped so many animals and you've helped so many other people help animals, which is in even greater reach. And we really appreciate everything you've done. Well, thank you. I love what you guys are doing. I think um, being so great at training and just putting the word out and being fun with it is... um, the world needs more of you. Well, we, we won't use Gigi as an example of our great training. but <laughs> She's not a bad girl. She didn't even fall off the, the counter. She was good. No, and another thing that's important, and we try to stop with running your roadrunner feet. Another thing that's important that uh, you and us come together on a lot is quiet time with those dogs. And we talk a lot about meditation mm-hmm. and a lot about just, you know, when you keep your energy a little bit lower, it transfers to the dog. And the animals, as you said, when you were over in Africa, they enjoy that. They like a calmer energy. Energy, you know, so um, yeah. it's important for people sometimes to do a little self-reflection there too. And 
while I'm used to, you know, talking on the mic and everything, it was even nice to sit up here and have a little quiet time. A few minutes, a, a moments a day make a huge difference, it seems. <laughs> Exactly. exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much, Joan. Uh, if you need anything from us, guys, you can write us at studio at the quirky dog.com. Um, and in the meantime, keep it quirky. <laughs> Say bye, Jeej. Say thanks, Joan. Right Thank you, Joan. Bye. Thanks, Joan. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Good girl. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.